This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go! Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's Nose Home Improvement. All right, welcome in. Week two, Boomer, in a lovely, a heartier piece of fall attire today. Look at that shirt. Gorgeous. Welcome. How are you, buddy? You know what? I'm doing well. I cannot believe the amount of stories that came out of week one. Now, normally, there are a lot of stories. Uh, but the fact that Aaron Rodgers went down four four plays into game one for the Jets is just remarkable. And then, of course, watching the Philadelphia Eagles not play well in two weeks, but yet get off to a 2-0 start. Uh, they are on their, I believe they're on their way, I don't know, to the Super Bowl, I think. Uh, but I would think that maybe Dallas and San Francisco will have something to say about that. Hold that thought because it's going to lead the rundown. Eddie, hit it. The NFL Rundown. All right, Boomer, let's start with the Thursday night game. And for me, I need to know what's worse. The Vikings front seven or the Eagles back seven? Uh, Eagles decided we're going to run it 50 times for almost 300 yards. Vikings can't protect the soul, uh, and, and yet Cousins is able to throw for damn near 400 yards. Take me through. I mean, what's the bigger problem here? Well, I think any time a defense, uh, you know, it doesn't show up again, uh, and, uh, you know, that's a huge problem. And I think both the Eagles and the Vikings have a problem in that area. And the Eagles, one of the reasons why they were so good last year is because of how much pressure they were able to put on other quarterbacks uh, that they were playing against. Remember, they were leading the league in sacks last year. That's not going to be the case yeah. this year. I think there are going to be a few other teams that will be ahead of them. But uh, their defense is completely different. They lost some players. Uh, they had to pay Jalen Hurts, and this is what happens. And, you know, watching them the first two weeks, they have not played great. Jalen Hurts has not really gotten into the swing of things yet. I think A.J. Brown showed some frustration last night. Yeah, I, I still think they're a really good football team. As far as the Vikings are concerned, they're not going to the playoffs. And maybe Kirk Cousins ends up throwing for 5,500 yards and 60 touchdowns, but that's not going to be good enough because their defense is not good enough. No, and I never understood their plan. We talked about it. I mean, Dalvin Cook exits, and Madison is fine enough as a backup, but you lose all explosiveness there. They, they take a luxury pick in the first round with another receiver. They can't block a soul. They can't stop the run. I, I We thought they were fraudulent last year. No, they're not making the playoffs. Well, I will say this, though. They also have injuries along that front line. Um, and I think 
you know, is this the last year that uh, Cousins is going to be in Minnesota? The amazing yes. thing to me, and I was telling my partner in, in New York, uh, Greg Giannotti, who is a Vikings fan, watching that quarterback documentary and everything that Kirk Cousins puts himself through to make sure that he can play each and every week and then goes out there and throws for 364 yards, four touchdowns. Now, of course, there's a fumble in there, but it's a sack fumble. I, I mean, it's, it's remarkable the numbers he puts up. Yeah, and someone's going to want him. But I think Minnesota's going to realize real quick it's time to rebuild. Um, let's go to the state of New York football, which I think could be summed up with a line from the fabulous song out of the Lego movie, Everything is Awesome, Everything's Cool When You're Part of a Team. Let's start with the Jets. Yeah. You you lived it. You're, you're, at, you're at ground zero in New York City. Four plays. My jaw hit the floor. I couldn't believe what was happening. Rodgers done for the year. So not only the reaction in New York, Boomer, but – are there any outs for the Jets at the position, or is this really Zach Wilson's show? This is Zach Wilson's show right now. I mean, there's not much you can do. You know, things go foobar in a hurry in the NFL, and the NFL is not a very nice place uh, to, to play a, or to throw a pity party because nobody really cares. All they care about is their own team. And, you know, this was uh, for all of us who were hoping that Aaron was going to have success here. Uh, I mean, it was a gut punch. I felt sick to my stomach watching it. The moment he went back down on the ground, I knew it was his Achilles um, it, just because that's the reaction that most players have, they realize that there's no, they have no power in their foot. They can't, they can't walk on it. And uh, he also had the trembling in the the calf as the thing was rupturing in, you know, right below the calf. So uh, it was just awful. It's an awful feeling. But you know, the amazing thing, just in total jet fashion, they actually win the game and they play well. And their defense outplays one of the best quarterbacks in football, who's loose with the football again. Uh, Josh Allen basically said after the game, you know, it's like a reoccurring nightmare from last year. It was almost the same thing where he just does these things on the field that make no sense. Yeah, I'm tired of it. Yeah, and Sean McDermott is tired of it too, by the way. And listen, he's a hell of a player. Don't take this that I think he's bad. What I'm saying is at a certain point, you have to be held accountable. This is now, what, 35 games? He's had 37 turnovers. I don't care how fun you are, what a nice guy you are. Boomer. There's got to be some heat. This has to stop. The turnovers are absurd. Well, this is also the loss of Brian Dayball. You know, this is uh, the Brian Dayball impressed on Daniel Jones, although Daniel Jones made a boneheaded play against uh, <laughs> Dallas on Sunday night. Um, he's trying to get those boneheaded plays, you know, out of the game where, you know, you're out there, you're running around, you're loose, and you're just taking shots down the field. That's a dangerous way to play. And you can see Sean McDermott going, play smart, play smart. He's pointing to his head. And uh, so I could tell that the frustration is there. I know uh, Josh is very aware of what's going on. I'm not sure why he's doing what he's doing. I just think that he has completely lost a sense of how important it is to not give the ball away and make these bonehead plays and where he makes them in the game where he makes them and how it ultimately has this adverse effect on his team. Now, they were a great team last year. They're going to be a good team this year. But when you get into the playoffs or you get into one of these tight games and you throw one up for for grabs, you know, this is how you lose games in the NFL. So he's got to clean it up, and he's got to clean it up fast if they want to make it to the Super Bowl. Two notes. One is a question direct for you. You know, like as I'm watching the game and I'm going, dude, you got to know you're playing Zach Wilson, right? Aaron's done. You have to know who your opponent is, and if you don't have your A game, play it safe. Is that even a realistic thing that goes through your mind when you're playing like, hey, the guy across from me is a bum? 
I can kind of play it a little safer today, or is that just fan speak? So I think it's a little bit of fan speak. I think the player still wants to play at a high level. I, I remember a game, believe it or not, I was the Jet quarterback in 93. We were getting ready to play the Cincinnati Bengals, who I had just been traded from. And I wanted to go into that game, and I wanted to throw for like 400 yards. You know, I was like, come on, I want to show them that I can still play. You know, they traded me and all this other stuff. And my coach at the time, uh, Bruce Coslow, had played it safe because we, he knew that we had the better team. And my, my statistics in that game were completely pedestrian. We ran the ball uh, predominantly, maybe 60 65% in that game. We, we won the game, but it didn't feel like we won mm. because we were playing careful. I think playing careful is one thing. Playing smart's another. Uh, you still got to be the player that you are. You got to be the offense that you are. But you got to be you got to be really smart about you know throwing the ball into double coverage or just arbitrarily throwing up a, a hail mary for no reason, and then having the other team come down with it. So I I think this is just you're not going to be aware of it, but you got to be aware of when you can and when you can't make plays like Josh was trying to make on uh, Monday night. Uh, updated Vegas odds: Miami now your favorite in the East. I'm not sure I buy that, but I'll throw it to you. Plus 140, Buffalo plus 150. Everybody else way back. Any thought to Miami winning this division now, or are we staying with Buffalo? I wasn't impressed by their defense against the Chargers, but I yeah. boy that offense. And the thing that I love about Tua, and this is where you know Tua has figured it out. Uh, and we saw this last year before he got hurt, and then when he came back, we saw it again, and then he got hurt again, and obviously didn't play in the playoffs. But his anticipation on these throws, Mike. It's incredible. It is. And he throws probably the most catchable ball in the NFL, meaning that he's not ripping it and throwing it through people, that his receivers, you know, are catching everything. And everything is catchable. Very, very rarely do you see a drop pass in a Miami Dolphin game when Tua is playing at the level that he's playing at. No, it's like like if you're tailgating and you're just playing pitch and catch in a parking lot. The ball just comes in nice and easy. Nobody's trying to be a gym class hero. And yet, he's doing this in the NFL. I mean, he is anticipating guys open, throwing them open. And when you got Waddle, Hill, Boomer, he was throwing to guys I'd never heard of. You know, Pete Forsythe or whatever his name. You're like, who? Yeah. It's unbelievable. But it's fun. But that's the way the position's supposed to be played. You know, it's not supposed to be helter-skelter. And, you know, he can run a little bit. He doesn't want to run. He He wants to stand in the pocket. He wants to deliver the ball on time. And his accuracy is uncanny. And I know it looks different because he throws left-handed. And I know last year somebody did a reverse on him, so where you saw him throwing it right-handed, it looked normal. Yeah. But his ball, and I'm going to say, I'm not saying he reminds me of the player. I'm saying his 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 ball reminds me of the way this player used to throw, and that is Joe Montana. May, Joe Montana may have thrown the most catchable ball in the history of the NFL. And I think that this guy is just, he's like right there in terms of throwing a catchable ball, accurate, soft, uh, and he's not breaking anybody's fingernails, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Giants. What? Um, Boomer, I, I mean, obviously, I thought they were regression candidates. I thought, all right, maybe they'll win seven or eight this year. They did not look ready to play. I need your take on this because that was jaw-dropping. Well, it's one game. That's what I will say. There's 16 more to play, uh, and I'm sure that it's been a very long practice, and I'm sure that a week of practice, and I'm sure that Brian Dayball is probably not very nice to be around this week after that embarrassment. And it is an embarrassment for the fan base because the fan base has high hopes for this team that overachieved last year, and this was the Dallas Cowboys. And you finally had them in your building in prime time, and you haven't been able to beat them. 
Uh, Dak Prescott basically owns the the Giants the way that Big Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Now Jordan Love owns the Bears, it looks like. Uh, but uh, it was a no-show performance. Both offensive and defensive lines just got l- hammered. I mean, just run through, steamrolled, you name it. And anytime you get two return touchdowns the way that the Cowboys did early on in this game, uh, basically it was a runaway from that point on. And it looked to me like Evan Neal was intimidated. Uh, Daniel Jones was running for his life. It's not at the feet of Daniel Jones, by the way. No, he, the line he didn't have a chance. Uh, it might be time to move Neal to guard. I, I don't want to sound like a typical radio host, but this, this kid's confidence is shot at right tackle. His feet are terrible. Do you move him to guard? It's, that's where you can protect him, and he's big enough that if you put him in there – uh, you know, it may take a little bit of a transition period for him to be effective, but you might have to do that. You remember that? I think they did that with Leonard Davis. I think he was drafted as a tackle. You remember the big uh, offensive lineman for both the, yeah. uh, the Cowboys and the Cardinals, Cardinals. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, Texas. And I think they moved him into, tack, uh, into guard because he had the same problems or similar problems if, in fact, that was the guy that I'm thinking of. That Evan Neal has right now, like the the for whatever reason, he has a hard time with the speed rusher outside that is able to get his you know his inside shoulder down. He just for some reason cannot get his hands on him, and uh, maybe maybe a, gu- a move to guard would be better off for him and would be a better protection situation because the interior of that giant offensive line, Glowinski, may have had the worst grade mm-hmm. of any offensive lineman yeah. in Week One of the NFL. I want to ask you about the Cowboys quickly. Tough to take a lot out of that game when one team is so bad. Uh, Eagles have not played well. Dallas put up arguably the best performance of week one, maybe behind the Niners. Where, where are you at with the Cowboys, though? I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on them now because if you watch their defense on the sideline of NFL films at halftime, they're like, they're quitting, let's go after them. And you can tell yeah. that there is an enormous amount of uh, confidence on that defense. It reminds me... I'm just trying to think of some of the great defenses that I played against. The Philadelphia Eagles when Reggie White was there. Uh, of course, the 85 Bears. I'm not saying that they're all akin to that, but their attitude seems to be very, very cocky, very arrogant, and extremely confident. And that's how I would want my defense on my team to be because they're going to force they're going to force turnovers and they're going to make it easy on Dak Prescott in that offense. I want to give you a player I'm worried about. And I was just watching some film study and film breakdowns, and I watched a lot of the game. Justin Fields, Boomer, I mean, we're talking multiple people open on multiple plays, and he's not cutting it loose, which means he's not seeing it. And he's a fabulous runner, but we already talked about him taking sacks. I mean, where are you at with Justin Fields? That was a brutal debut. That is. And uh, out of all the players this week under pressure point status, he's right there at the top because they basically tried to rebuild around him. They saw the athleticism. They saw some of the great plays last year. But it is about processing, and this is where Tua Tungabailoa stands out amongst these young quarterbacks because he is standing back there, and he's cutting it loose before the guys are even in their break. So he is seeing it, he's reading it, he's processing it. And Justin Fields, at least in game one against the Packers, did not process it quick. He's like a touch behind for whatever reason, yeah. and his accuracy is off. And then what happens if he feels like he is not in the midst of a good game and he's losing a little bit of confidence in his throwing? He then tends to break the pocket early, and he starts running around again. And you know who did that also in the second half of their game? Russell Wilson did that again. Awesome. He looked. He reverted back to the Russell Wilson we saw last year in the second half of the game this week. You know, the first half was good. He broke the pocket, threw a couple touchdown passes. But even he, as a 
grizzled veteran is not standing in the pocket, and that's that's danger zone for for offenses. Listen, I I just. Boomer, I, I know it's easy to say it. I, I think he's done. I think Seattle absolutely knew he was a ticking time bomb. It's why they didn't pay him. He, he's just, he's not the same guy. You know, here, here's the thing. I saw Aaron Rodgers do something that maybe he did a lot in Green Bay, but uh, there were two quick throws that he had, and both tackles were going down to cut the defensive lineman to get their hands down so he could throw these quick slants. And he gets hurt because he just doesn't throw it. There's guys open, and he doesn't throw the ball. Yeah. And then he has his Achilles rupture. It can happen to every quarterback. doesn't matter how long you've been around. Sometimes it just takes you a little bit longer to get into games and get into some sort of rhythm. Russell Wilson was in that rhythm in the first half, lost it in the second half. Aaron Rodgers was not confident to throw the ball on the first couple of snaps and ultimately you know, ruptured his Achilles, yeah. which is amazing to me because it, it, he should have never been hurt on the play that he got hurt on. Hold it there. I got more to do later in the show with you. Picks coming up next. Rundown brought to you by the smoothest tequila on the planet. The family of Casamigos tequilas. Resposado, Añejo, Blanco, and the Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Casamigos tequila reminds you to please. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right. We're going to get to the picks in a minute. I will just tell you the headline in week one, mistakes were made. Um, I just want to give you a, a quick note on overreactions, Boomer. I pulled a stat just for you. Week one, since the start of 2014, teams that lose by double digits have covered the number in week two 63% of the time. Now, why did you pick 2014? Why don't you go back to 2010? Well, I don't know. It's about 10 years, and it's what the st- – hey, the stat fit. What do you want <laughs> okay. from me? Um, I was just wondering, maybe the five years before that, that wasn't the case. Maybe they probably. Were to see All right, here. And, okay, whatever. Here. You want a 2010 stat? Yes. You. Since 2010, teams that won their opener by double digits have only covered 40% in week two. All right. Oh, by the way, as a former player – Yes, uh, it makes sense to me because as a former player, the last team that I wanted to play the week after we just played was a team that got housed, especially one right. at home, meaning like I would hate to play the Giants this week. Well, as as your partner Gio puts it, it's a butcher block spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a butcher block spot, especially if you are the Cardinals. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's get to the picks. Picks of the week. All right, Booms, let's start it out. We talked about Justin Fields a little bit. Bucks laying two and a half, hosting the Chicago Bears. What right, do you got? Home, well, a home dog, I, I know, I, I recognize uh, how difficult this is. Uh, I, I just think that Justin Fields is not ready. Baker Mayfield could throw a few picks here. Um, but I do think that the Bucks defense is going to give the Bears offense fits. Um, I know there's a lot of pressure there. I know this is another home game. Justin's probably going to get booed. I'm sure uh, 
you know, Eberflus is going to get booed. I'm, I'm going to take the Bucks here, and I'll lay the two and a half. Yeah, for me, the Bucks want to throw it, and the Bears' secondary's got awful. I'll lay the two and a half, Bucks. All right, game two, very difficult here. Atlanta at home, laying two, welcoming in the Green Bay Packers. All right, so how happy are the Green Bay Packers to see Jordan Love do what he did last week against the Bears? He was seamless. He looked like he had been there, you know, and playing for the last three years as opposed to sitting and watching. And he certainly, I think, opened a lot of eyes. Uh, the one thing about the Falcons, they have speed on offense. This Bijan Robinson is remarkable. I don't know if you saw a couple of his moves. He's Barry oh, yeah. Sanders-esque. How when, about that cut in the flat? Yes. Body momentum going out of bounds. Stops on a dime right, and takes it upfield. Yeah, but I'm going to go with the Packers here on the road. And I, the reason I, I'm doing this is because I think their defense is underrated. Uh, Desmond Ritter has not thrown a pick. Uh, I know that since last year. So uh, maybe they get a pick or two here. But I, I think it's a, a, a relatively close scoring game. But I'm going to stick with Jordan Love and the Packers. I almost used a veto here. Pack, pack struggles stopping the run. I get scared against Arthur Smith, but man, watching Ritter last week, holy hell! <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I'll go Packers. Houston, home opener, laying one and a half, taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Two rookie quarterbacks, man, and both of them looked okay last week. I didn't think they were great, and I no. think that um, Trevor Lawrence uh, basically gave uh, Anthony Richardson a little bit of advice on get down, don't take the hits. Out of the athletes on, you know, that play that position, I think Anthony Richardson is more likely to do something spectacular in this game to win the game. So I'm going to go with the Colts, uh, and I'll take the points. I'm on the other side. Uh, boom, I didn't mind Houston's defense, and I and I have a lot of respect for D'Amico Ryans. I, I'm going to go Houston here at home. I think the line just indicates there's a little bit of confidence here. I'll go with it, Texans, but tepid at best. All right, Lions laying four and a half, hosting. Whatever that was, the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> My God. All right. So, you know, the Lions, America's team, as you've been pointing out, you're up there in Detroit. Uh, everybody loves Dan Campbell. Everybody loves uh, what this defense looks like. I love the effort that they gave against the Chiefs, and I think that effort's going to continue. You know, when Dan Campbell said, all these expectations are like wind beneath my wings, <laughs> and he's, uh, he's basically quoting Bette Midler. I love that. So I'm going to take the Lions, and I'll lay the points. Yeah, you're not going to have left tackle Taylor Decker this week. They're going to flip Panay Sewell over, but Seattle is signing people off the street to play tackle. Uh, plus, you're probably going to see in upwards of 10,000 ski masks in the crowd, Boomer. I don't know if you caught C.J. Gardner-Johnson with that reset. Yes. It's going to be a madhouse. Lions late a four and a half. Chargers on the road as favorites. God, I hate Brandon Staley. Laying three at the Titans. Who do you hate more, Brandon Staley or Ryan Tannehill who likes to throw interceptions? Staley. Ah, uh, wow. <laughs> Staley. I, but I talk about a pressure point spot, and I talk about a team that has legitimate Super Bowl uh, aspirations, even though their defense didn't show that last week. They will not see that kind of offense coming from the Titans, although they will try to get run on. Uh, by Derrick Henry. I'm going to take uh, the Chargers on the road, and I'll lay the three points. If I had to pick it, which I don't, I'm going to use a veto here, it would be Vrabel as a home dog. But I'm with you. Tannehill was so bad, I, I couldn't possibly. Uh, by the way, did Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa play last week? No, which, was is, which, which is amazing to me that they spent that much money on their yep. edge rushers, and neither one of them legitimately showed up in that game against Miami. That just goes to show you. How no Teron Armstead. Yes. No Armstead. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I may have bet the Chargers <laughs> last week. All right. Bengals minus three hosting the Ravens. 
I'm going to take the Ravens, uh, and the reason I'm going to take the Ravens is even though the Bengals got blown out last week, the Bengals have this habit of starting the season slow. Uh, Joe Burrow had a terrible game last week. Their offensive line got steamrolled like the Giants' offensive line got steamrolled. Um, I still am thinking that the Bengals are going to win this division, but it's going to happen later on in the season. I'm drawing a line through last week. Okay. Joe Burrow ice cold. They were going against my Brownies. I got to go Bengals here. I have to. All right, well, I'm, ta- I'm taking. I'm going. I'm going to take the Ravens just because John Harbaugh. Me. John Harbaugh gives them fits. I know you've scared me though. You don't pick against your Bengals. I know. And in a home opener back against the wall. Yes. Who are you? Bills laying eight and a half, hosting the Raiders. This is horrific, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not taking this game. I'm vetoing this game. You're smart. You're a smart and elegant man. Uh, I am. I'm vetoing. I want no part of this. I can't trust Josh Allen covering a big number. And the Ra- the Raiders? Re- across no the way. country? No, no way. way. Niners, seven and a half at the Rams, but we know they don't have any fans, so it's a de facto home game. That's Niners right. Niners laying seven and a half. Yeah, I like the Niners. I'll, I'll lay the seven and a half. I know it's a big number. I know it's a division game, and I know the Rams are one and all, and they surprised the hell out of everybody last week with their victory at Seattle. But the Niners... Didn't shock anybody. Uh, Nick Bosa, that defense was assaulting Kenny Pickett last week. They overran the offensive linemen of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what? Brock Purdy looked like he had never been hurt. It looked like he stepped right back in there just like he did last year when he was healthy. And I think this team is going to be the team that's going to meet Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game. So I am laying the seven and seven and a half, and I'm going to go with the 49ers. It's difficult for me. I, I hate big spreads. I just have such a problem, Boomer. How are the Rams going to protect Stafford? You know, Seattle doesn't have difference makers up front. So I, I'm i with you, but this violates everything I believe in. I'll lay the 7.5. I'll take the Niners. God help us. Yes. Giants, Giants minus 4.5. They travel to the desert. I don't think they've won in Arizona since Rodney Hampton played. But here we go. What do you got for me? I remember beating the Giants in Arizona as a Cardinal quarterback. Um, <laughs> you know, this, this is a butcher block spot. I think this is uh, the Brian Dable. I'm going to coach my ass off and I'm going to get this team right. Um, I know they're going against uh, Gannon, the head coach of the uh, Arizona Cardinals, was the former defense coordinator of the Eagles. So he knows the Giants and he knows how to stop the Giants. Maybe there's a little struggle there. I don't see this as a high scoring game. But I could see the Giants winning like 24 to 17, 23 to 17, something like that. So I'll take the Giants and I'll lay the points. How about 24 20? I, I cannot trust this football team to cover any number right now. And look, Boomer, here's the other thing. I never understood in the offseason how the, the wisdom, if you will, of taking your best corner and putting him at the slot with Dory Jackson, who's never done that in his career, and starting a pair of rookie corners. I. I just have problems. But, you have, t- but you have you have Romeo um, Romeo Dobbs. You have Do- Joshua Dobbs playing quarterback know. for for the uh, Cardinals. Then I just, why is the number four and a half? Why isn't it seven and a half? Something weird here. The ghosts of Rodney Hampton. Give me the four. <laughs> I'll take the four and a half. I'll take the Cardinals. Okay. If they lose this game, you're hosting the show alone next. I week. got you. I, I'll need a mental break. Cowboys laying eight and a half hosting the Jets. You can't tell me to take the Jets here. You I'm can't. D- I, you know what? I am. You, it's eight and a half here now. I, I saw a nine and a half. So should I go with the eight and a half or do I go with the nine and a half? Take the nine and a half. I don't care. All right. I'll take the nine care. and a half with the Jets. The Jets defense is real, just like the Cowboys defense is real. 
I, I think this game will be close. I, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to have a great game by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't, there's not going to be another Boomer. blowout. I just, Boomer. you know, so many things happened in that giant game that the Cowboys were able to basically steamroll momentum on them. I, I don't think that's going to happen against this Jet defense. I don't know if Zach Wilson makes it through the game. Oh, boy. I'll, I'll take the Cowboys. Okay. Denver Commanders. You ready? I don't care. Denver laying three and a half. What do you do here? I'm not Denver doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm not. I'm, I'm, this is my second veto. Give me Denver. Dolphins laying three, traveling to New England. You know what to do here. Don't disappoint me. I'm not going to disappoint you. You want me to take the home dog is what you want me to do. That is correct. And that's what I'm going to do. That is correct. Thank Listen, you. it's an overreaction. All right, Dolphins were wonderful. But their defense stinks. New England has a power running game. I think they may have found something with, with Kendrick Bourne. And it's it's New England in that must-win spot. I, I'm, I'm taking New England here. I got to tell you something. The one thing that I took out of that game last week, Bill O'Brien has had a major impact already. I love yeah. their passing game. I love their bunch formations. I love the confusions. The confusion that they that they gave to the Eagles, I think that the Dolphins will struggle with that as well. The only thing is is that the Dolphins are one of the faster teams in a league, and New England is one of the slower teams in a league. No, it, it, it's very fair. I just I got a hard time. Now all of a sudden the Dolphins are willy-nilly just laying points on the road. I can't. I can't. This, all right, this game's brutally difficult. Saints favored by three at Carolina. You know, uh, so they, they squeaked one by last week, Derek Carr. And if Mickey Loomis, the GM of the Saints this week, said, we saw things on the field that we haven't seen around here since Drew Brees has left, meaning that they were very happy with Derek Carr's performance. A lot of yards, not a lot of points. Uh, they did win the game, and that's all that matters. They're 1-0. They have the better team. They have the better defense. And I think that this defense will give Bryce Young uh, some problems. You know, Bryce wasn't bad last week. He, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, like I said before, there were moments in these games where they played and they made throws. You're like, okay, they belong here. And yeah. then there were all of a sudden mistakes started happening, and that's normal for a rookie quarterback. And I think that's going to be the struggle in this game. I thought he played well. He made two – I'll give Bates credit. Bates is an all-world safety. Bryce made two mistakes, but outside of that, he was clearly – the better quarterback last week. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a free roll with the Panthers at home. Give me the three, and that brings us to the impossible right here. I'm gonna do something so stupid I deserve to lose. Browns laying two and a half on the road. Mike Tomlin is a home divisional dog. It should be illegal to pick against them, but I'm doing it. I'm taking the Browns. Well, didn't we pick Pittsburgh last week? I know I did. I think I had San Francisco. You did. Okay, so I didn't. I, my pick stunk last week. Forgive me. And I'm just telling you that uh, Miles Garrett is just unbelievable. He it's is terrifying. ridiculous. As big as he is and as athletic as he is and as quick as he is, he basically wrecks the game for the opposing team. And that's exactly what he did last week. The, the Bengals had no answer for their defensive line. Uh, I'm still not sold on Deshaun Watson. And I want to see him dealing with this T.J. Watt-led defense that got shredded by uh, of course, uh, San Francisco last week, but TJ did have three sacks. I'm going to take Mike Tomlin as a home yeah. dog here in this game. I respect it. I, I just, look, I like what the Browns were able to do. And you're right, Deshaun has to be better. But I'm also, as I said earlier when we were talking about the, the Bengals, I'm kind of drawing a line for both quarterbacks. The weather was horrible. It was week one. 
I really believe in this Browns team. And look, credit to you. You brought up the Jim Schwartz thing. I think it's a massive upgrade for them defensively. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Browns. I have to do this. I feel so bad about it. But look, the best of the best is gonna be one of the I think it's the fascinating game of the week. We're gonna get the Chiefs and Jags. I got a couple more league issues I want to run by you, and we'll pick that game as well. Don't make a move. Lots left to do. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Hey, you know what goes great with football? Casamigos tequila, that's what. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. Now make sure you have plenty on hand for today's games, whether it be on Yeho, Blanco, Reposado, or Mezcal. Casamigos tequila reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right. Love the music. More of that. We're going to get to the best of the best in a second. But, Boomer, you said something, and I wanted your spin on this. Of the rookie quarterbacks in week one, who impressed you the most? Uh, you know, I would say that it would be Bryce Young. Um, like like you pointed out, he made two horrific mistakes, but he looked like he was in control of the offense, could get in and out of the huddle. There weren't a lot of penalties. Um, you know, it seemed to me there were times where C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson – Things got a little hairy for them, and, you know, they started running around a little bit. Uh, But I would say all three, for the most part, impressed upon me that they could play at this level. And that's saying a lot, but now they're going to find out how relentless the NFL schedule is. And each and every week, it's a different defense. It's a different way of uh, preparing for a game. And, you know, there are going to be games where these kids are going to be overwhelmed. uh, And then you've got to see how they react to that, and hopefully it's not too much too soon for them. All right, now, with love and respect, because I don't want the entire city of Philadelphia after me, I am not mad at you. You are very smart for doing what you're doing. But this is something I have to ask my co-host here. Boomer, we we have to get rid of this this QB rugby pile push (laughs) thingamabob or whatever this is. Now, Philly's amazing at it, and they have every right to do it. Calm down, Philly. But, Boomer, they got it. How does the Rules Committee not get rid of this? All right, it's interesting. We had this debate on the NFL Today last week with uh, Coach Cower and J.J. Uh, Watt. Now, J.J. Watt has been on the bottom of that pile against the Eagles, so he knows firsthand just how uh, forceful uh, this particular play is. And Coach Cower wants the rule to be, be such that you can't do it. They want to outrule. He wants to outrule this because he thinks somebody's going to get hurt. Because if you're a defensive lineman, you're basically trying to get lower than the offensive lineman. Therefore, you're putting your head down. And how many necks are being shoved into the ground uh, by a force of probably 2,000 pounds? So they want to get rid of Coach Cowher wants to get rid of it. I think J.J. Watt, by everything that he said, would like to get rid of it. But I don't necessarily know that the competition committee will do that in the middle of the season. I don't. No, see no, that not happen. middle. I know they talked about it in the off season and they tabled it. They want to have another year of data. I just feel like this has to be priority one. It's a safety issue, but it's also boomer. I'll be honest. They could run that play on third and three, and then fourth, and they would never have to run a third down play if they didn't want to. That's how powerful. And you're also getting the push. I, they they got to get rid of it. Well, I'm sorry, but they, just so you know, there's two other things that happen here too. I mean, your offensive lineman could get hurt, yes, uh, because the defense will come up with something to try to stop it. And secondly, your quarterback could end up taking some pretty vicious shots to the back 
by linebackers over the top. Now, well, I've did been, you see last night? Yeah. I don't know if it was Harrison Smith. Somebody went Superman over the pile and missed. But, I mean, Jesus, come on. Yeah, somebody's going to get hurt because other teams are going to get frustrated that they're so successful with it, and there's really no way to stop it unless yeah. somebody on that offense gets hurt. All right, now, I just had to ask. I'm sorry. It was something that came to my <laughs> it's mind. It's okay. That's fine. Um, let's go best of the best. This week's best of the best. And this really is a good one. A rematch of a playoff game, which I always love. Chiefs minus three and a half at America's Jaguars. Boomer, let's start out with this. How fast can Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey kind of reintegrate into this thing and be impactful? No problem. No problem at all for Chris Jones, especially it looks like he's in pretty good shape. Much like Nick Bosa, you know, he can come right off the couch and go right on the field and probably end up playing 30 to 35 plays, depending on how the game plays out. Now, if it's a blowout one way or the other, you know, you're not going to risk, you know, an injury on a player that you just got back. So uh, if the game is tight and he's needed, he'll be in there in the fourth quarter and he'll play those 35 snaps. Um, This is an interesting game. You know, this is a (laughs) – my partner in the morning likes to name these games, and this is what I would call one of those measuring stick games for the Jaguars because – here they are. They they have the quarterback of the future. You know, they figured it out last year. They made it to the playoffs, even though they lost that game to the, um, you know, the comeback game. And to me, it's a game that really will signify whether or not Doug Peterson has taken hold. And one of the guys that I told you was going to get off to a good start this year was Calvin Ridley. Yes. And he fits in perfectly. And on the other side, like, who is he throwing? Who is Patrick Mahomes throwing to? Is this where you're asking me to shred Kadarius Tony? I mean, because like, I can do it for you as a Giants fan. I can you, help you. You don't really have to do it. I mean, the entire NFL did it. He's so so yeah. bad, in fact, that they he wiped out his uh, social media account. Yeah, but then he popped back tortured. on it. <laughs> well, he's, he's going to get tortured if he keeps dropping the ball. I can tell you that. Here's here's what I would say. If with Kelsey back. I think it'll make a lot more sense for these B-level receivers, and it'll it'll work better. Without Kelsey, yeah, they're all helpless. It's ridiculous. You can't go out there with Sky Moore as your number one. But with Kelsey back, it'll fall in line. I get, for, what I wanted to ask was this. I, I'm, I, yes, I'm a proponent of the player, but I didn't understand, like, what did Chris Jones' holdout accomplish? What did Nick Bosa, you knew you were going to pay him. Why didn't you just pay him? I know he didn't want to be at training camp. Okay. With Chris Jones, it's the same thing, though. Like, just this guy's the linchpin. Why did it take opening night for you to see your defense is terrible without him? Guys like me look at the data and go, you're top 10 with him, bottom 10 without him. Just pay the man. What What am I missing with this stuff? Well, I, I just think that uh, not everybody thinks he's as good as Nick Bosa. I mean, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, and I'd want him on my team. I didn't say he's Nick Bosa. Right, but he's not Nick Bosa. I mean, he's just not. He's not. Nick Bosa is in a category with Miles Garrett. Those two guys are by themselves, Um, you know, because they they have their hand in the dirt, their defensive ends, edge rushers, however you want to decide to describe them, and they move them all over the place, and they are a pain in the ass. Uh, I don't necessarily know that Chris Jones is that good of a player. And, you know, Chris basically got a one-year deal. He's got a chance to make up to $25 million with some incentives probably pacify that a little bit. I mean, at the end of the day, for him, I don't think it was a great thing that he missed this uh, opening game. But I also see why he wanted to probably miss it to show the Chiefs just how important he is to them. 
Look, and again, let me be unequivocal. He's not Nick Bosa. I'm saying for them, the data is there that when Chris Jones is in the middle of that thing, they, they're up here. And when he's not, they're awful. They give up almost 50% third down conversion rate without Chris Jones playing. Yet here they were on opening night and they go, all right, well, now we got to do something. I just, I don't know. It doesn't add up to me. Let me ask you about the quarterback stuff. You know I love Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Earth loves Patrick Mahomes. A year from now, any shot we look at this that these are the top two QBs in the AFC? Um, you know, I still think that Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, Joe Burrow will all be right there, right at the, the top of the food chain, if you will. I think Trevor's getting better. Um, I think he's becoming more uh, he's more calm on the field than he has been. Uh, he, and this, this is the steady growth that you want to see from your young quarterback. And finally... You know, it has a lot to do with Doug Peterson being his head coach as opposed, to, as opposed to Urban Meyer, which is basically was a wasted rookie year for him. So that's why this is a, to me, is a prove-it game for the Jaguars. Everything's lying right there for them to go and take this and make that ne- and take that next step. That's why I'm picking the Jaguars at home here. I'll, I'll take the points. They're the home dog. I yeah. do not like the way that the uh, the Kansas City offense looked in Week One against uh, a hard-tried De- Detroit Lion team for sure, but. Man, I'll, t- I'll tell you that as great as Patrick Mahomes is, he can't do it by himself. And I know Kelsey's back. I don't know if he'll be 100%, but this wide receiver core is about as pedestrian as it gets in the NFL. Yeah. I, I, you know, the only thing missing from Jacksonville is the O-line. They're, they're a tackle away from really – look, if they can hold up, and you know what Spags is going to do. You, you know what's coming. These blitzes are going to be insane and exotic and wild. If they can just give him a fraction of the time, uh, uh, this receiver core for Jacksonville is nothing to play with. Evan Ingram is now the player the Giants hope they got. Calvin Ridley looked absolutely electric. Christian Kirk is a stud. ATN out of the back. They're loaded, man. They are loaded. They are loaded. And yet the other thing, too, is just remember, Jawan Taylor is not going to be able to line up in the backfield the entire game. Okay, All right. I'm glad I mean, you brought this up yes. because obviously I'm a Giants fan, but I work in Detroit, and yes, I'm nuts. I said the Lions would go in and win that game. Boomer, by the end of the first quarter, I was losing my mind. I'm going, not only is he not lined up on the line of scrimmage, he's leaving early every time. How was that allowed? You know, it's beyond, it's beyond uh, comprehension because we all saw it. Um, you know, I'm on this text thread now with uh, J.J. Watt, who's obviously on the NFL today, and he is just going off about the way that Jawan Taylor's lining up, how quickly he's getting off the ball, and it's making it hard for Aiden Hutchinson to get around the corner, and you just can't, you can't get a rush because you have no chance, there's no point where you can make a guy think that, you know, you're going to go one way or the other. And, you know, from a defensive end's perspective, I've never really heard somebody talk about it that way, the way J.J. was talking about it. And then as a, as a quarterback, I'm thinking, if this guy can get away with it, just keep doing it because he's keeping the pass rush away from Patrick Mahomes. But I can tell you right now, this week in Jacksonville, that ain't going to be the case. This no. guy will be on the line of scrimmage, and he will be playing the position the way it's supposed to be played, not playing it illegally the way he did against the Lions. Yeah, uh, look, I'm going to take the Jags as well. If it was under three, I'd probably go KC. But the three and a half, I, I love Trevor Lawrence. And I told you when we did the show last week, I, I'm not – I want to be. I want to choose my words carefully. I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. But I didn't love the plan. 
Like, I, I understand with Kelsey it'll make more sense. But, Boomer, in, in today's league, this is a passing league, and, and as good as Mahomes is, you, you need a, a 1A guy. You need a lead dog. I, thought, I always thought it was a little bit dicey to just do the grab bag. Hey, it's Halloween. <laughs> Trick or treat. Reach in and take a mini Twix. Right. It's like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait a minute now. So I, I, I am a little concerned on that end because here's the other thing. They don't have some great running game. I love Pacheco. He's a hard trier, physical runner, but they, they don't have a lead back. They don't have a lead receiver. And, yes, Travis Kelsey's marvelous, but he's you know a kind of approaching your mid-30s here now. Like, come on, guys. I, I, I'm a little worried. A little bit. Just a little bit. And you should be. And, by the way, you know they win the Super Bowl last year, which was amazing. Um, and then they come back with basically a lesser roster, and they changed their offensive tackles, of course, because yeah. they lost some guys in free agency. And I, I, I know that Patrick Mahomes is great. I know he's all-world. I know he can pretty much bring the best out in anybody. But I really felt in that first game that they were he was on an island. Right? He was out there by himself. And, you know, and Andy Reid decides with three timeouts to go right before the two-minute warning that he's going to go for a fourth and 25. I was shocked. And I'm like, okay, so Andy, that's, I mean, I get a fourth and eight maybe, but fourth and 25, and who are you throwing the ball to down the field, especially if uh, Travis Kelsey's not on the field? I mean, you got to give your defense a chance to stop them and then maybe get better field position, get a first down, and then let Patrick Mahomes go to work. That would have been a miracle uh, had they been able to connect that first down, much like Minnesota did last year in Buffalo. Yeah. That would have been a miracle, and I just thought that was a, a, a moment where Andy lost who he was as a coach and let Patrick talk him into it. All right, Eddie, let's get to the final word. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it, and Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. All righty, Mike. Well, since it is uh, about the Chiefs and you and I, we agree that it's going to be a statement game for the Jags. I think the Chief fans will be drinking a lot of Casamigos this week. That's all I can tell yeah. you. That's my final word. Just watch for Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley, man. They're off to a great start, and I think it continues. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, my man. Listen, we'll be back with you next week. Storylines begin to form. It gets good now. We get some data. We'll get it rolling. We'll go through every game with you, every storyline as always. That is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. 